Solve for X, Episode 2. Good night, sweet prince. The client's growing impatient. Is the subject ready to record their debrief? They might need more rest, sir. That last test was... Are they capable of sitting and speaking? Well, yes. Great. Then that means they're ready. It's just that... The longer we wait, the more the embedded memories will begin to dissipate. So I suggest you move quickly. Is there an issue, Sloane? No, sir. I'll prepare Subject X for the debrief. Ugh, where? What was I doing again? Um, right, work debrief. That's what I was doing. Oh, and it's already recording. Perfect. <clears throat> anyway, I suppose I'll begin with the slate. My name is Caden Matthews, 35 male, 5'11", and I, as of today, will be playing the titular role in the Boulevard Company's production of Hamlet. It truly is such an honor. Every actor dreams of the day they get to take the stage as such a timeless and complex character such as Hamlet. I believe it's even become sort of a rite of passage. I mean, every respectable actor has this role under their belt, and now I will too. How I got the role is quite an inspirational story, if I do say so myself. A phoenix rising from the, the shadows, if you will. You know, for once, I'm actually glad my job insists we record these logs of our day because this is a day I actually want to remember, to mark this moment, the moment just before fame has completely enveloped and changed my life. Oh, it gives me chills just to say. So allow me to be your storyteller, the narrator, as I share with you my heroic story, my rise to fame, how I started today as a lowly stagehand and ended it the new acting sensation. Yes, that's right. I started the day as the worst thing that you can be in a theater, the stagehand. I'm supposed to tell you that it was a really eye-opening experience, that it made me the actor I am today, and I took the job to really get in on the ground floor and learn all about how theaters work. But that simply wouldn't be true. I took it because rent was due, and I couldn't book a single acting job because this town is scared of real talent. I thought I'd work one shift, and they'd see how much of a natural I am on stage, how my destiny is to perform, and they'd whisk me off to the dressing rooms at once. But alas, instead they worked me like a dog and never even said thank you. Oh, it drove me mad. I have more talent in my earlobe than these idiots having their whole bloodline, and they're making me lift this heavy-ass furniture and sweep the damn stages beneath me. <sighs> but no matter. Things will be different now. Call time today wasn't until 5 p.m., since there's no matinees on Mondays. I was one of the first crew members to get to the theater, and while normally I love that because it means I get to rehearse and prep audition pieces on an actual stage, I despise it in this specific theater. This theater just gives me 
the chills, all right? I never used to believe in those spooky stories that each theater inevitably has. You know, the sorts that all, Miss So-and-so was a patron of the arts, but was scorned and died here in 1901 and has walked the stage ever since kind of stories. And while I still believe most of those are dull lies after today, well, I suspect some may have more truth to them than I had previously expected. It was dark with only the ghost light illuminating the stage. I don't even understand why we need these creepy old things. It's just a light bulb on a stand with wheels that always gets left turned on in the center of stage when no one's there. The old wise tale is you have to leave a light on in the theater to keep spirits out. But after today, I believe it's more like a moth to a flame. I went to wheel it off stage to begin pre-show prep, but the whole time I had this prickling on the back of my neck like I was being watched. Not necessarily cause for concern, I wouldn't have been surprised if our lovely stage manager Janet was already in and watching me from the booth, so I began to wheel the ghost light off stage, carefully watching the radius of light around to not hit anything. I was almost off stage when a large portion of the light ahead of me vanished, as if you had placed a cover over half of the light. I assumed I'd just hit the curtains, so I raised my hand to cast them aside, but my arm just passed through the air. I took a step forward and more of the light was consumed, and it got cold then. And not just the usual breeze you feel in these drafty old theaters, more like I had been in the kind of blizzard that freezes your nostrils together when you take a breath, but like it was coming from inside of me. Like the very marrow of my bones had frozen over. I looked to the bulb, expecting to see something caught over top, but it was clear, shining just as it had been. I looked back towards the dark, and as my eyes adjusted, I could make out this tall figure ahead. His arms extended far longer than they should, following down and melting into the floor, stretching out not unlike your shadow when the sun begins to set in the summer, when it extends so far past yourself you look two stories tall, but this thing is sharper, like something out of your childhood nightmares rather than dreams. The cold inside me went from this aching, all-consuming pain to this numb drowsiness that overtook me as I got closer. My legs began to wobble and I was just waiting for them to give out, to give in to the false warmth waiting for me behind my closed eyes. It got closer to me. I was so confused. I mean, it was just a shadow with seemingly no source. It was hazy, but transparent. I could see the flashlights sitting on the stupid props table in the back through its form. I don't know why I wasn't searching around the room for someone to help me, or even tried to scream in some way, but I was completely transfixed. I just wanted 
move towards it out of the light and into the welcoming darkness of the wings nothing else existed to me except the endless black pits where this thing's eyes would be so dark the only way i could tell my eyes were even still open was the single white speck of light that looked miles away like a light at the end of a never ending night i just wanted to crawl into it so i moved towards but it got further away then it took me a moment to register that this creature it, it had stepped away from me as it got further and further away shrinking slinking back into the dark of the theater wing i felt the cold leaving my bones replaced with its usual warmth that felt swelteringly hot to me now. The stage lights flooded the whole stage, forcing me to squint as my eyes adjusted to the oppressive light. I was still, white knuckle gripping onto the ghost light as I looked around, but I couldn't find any shadowy figure or any sign that it even happened at all besides, besides that remaining chill in my bones. I was trying to catch my breath, compose myself, and those insufferable actors all came barging in on their way to the green room. Listen, I know us actors get a bad rep for our egos and narcissism, two things that I have never had to struggle with, but one thing I absolutely cannot stand is ungratefulness. For the lack of appreciation and respect for those who came before, the idiot they have playing Hamlet, or, or sorry, the idiot they had playing Hamlet, had absolutely no appreciation for the role and did nothing but begrudge the work and the character. Not to mention he looks nothing the part with his stupid little freckled baby face and a pathetic attempt at facial hair. God, it grated on me. I would have killed to be in his shoes. And. He made a mockery of Shakespeare every day. I mean, hell, they all did, but Hamlet and his little blonde Ophelia were the worst of it. Entitled little brats. No appreciation for the very stage they stand on. They have no right to stand and speak these lines. And clearly, I'm not the only one who thinks so. The rest of the crew were beginning to arrive then, and the theater quickly came to life. I went into autopilot finishing the pre-show prep, and before I knew it, we were halfway through act two. I had almost forgotten completely about my earlier encounter. Until... Until the second soliloquy began. It started as he starts every soliloquy, bland and disjointed. Until his voice... It faltered in a way I'd never heard before, in a way that sounded like real emotion. It made me pause and move to the wings to watch. He was standing center stage, spotlight on him, but he was not alone as he should have been. His shadow was rising up to meet him, stand up behind him, just out of view of the audience ahead. It crept closer to him causing his voice to falter once more. This time, the cause was clearer to me, as I watched a chill rack itself through his frail frame. I 
could feel an echo of the dull, cool ache in my bones that I was sure he too now felt. It raised behind him at its full height now, a perfect clone behind as it flowed closer and closer. I suppose I should have said something, mentioned it to the crew in my headset, stopped the show and gotten him out of there, but I mean, hey, the thing just left me alone after a bit, so no harm done, and if this is what this hack of an actor needs in order to give a convincing performance, then the show must go on, right? A broken voice, and his whole function suiting with forms to his conceit, and all for nothing, for Hecuba! What's Hecuba to him, or he to Hecuba, that he should weep for her? What would he do had he the motive and the cue for passion that I have? <sighs> the shadow touched him and his legs instantly buckled and gave out beneath him. I heard some of the audience gasp. Now that there was no weak actor to block their view, the shadow creature was revealed in its full glory. The thing is, though, no one ever registers real danger in the theater. To them, he's just the most impressive ghost effect they've seen for Hamlet's father. They have no idea what's happening, and I'd wager even if they did, they wouldn't care, so long as the show was entertaining enough. The shadow reached down, as it had to me, but this time, it did not slow in its movements or retreat, rather, it reached into the crumpled form before it, into his chest, and if I had to wager a guess, his heart. Remorseless, treacherous, lecherous, kindless villain. His quivering mumbling of his lines died in his throat after that, and a silence fell across the theater. A silence that I knew I could fill. Oh, vengeance! I stepped onto the stage, into the lights where I belong. I looked to the shadow, and as I continued, the creature merely sank back into the dark where it had come from, giving me its blessing, leaving me to do my work. And I did. I ripped the headset out of my ear, ignoring Janet's prattling for me to check if the talentless crumple of a body in front of me was alive, as that was far from my concern. I had to give the people what they came here for. A real performance. And I did. They were hanging on to my every word putty in my hand for me to toy with to my amusement. There is a power in performance that is more addicting than any drug on this earth. I finished the soliloquy perfectly, and as the curtains began to fall for intermission, I saw them standing on their feet, screaming for me, begging for more. It was, it was everything I ever dreamed it would be. That's, that's not, no. No, that's, no, that's, that's not what happened. Why did I, why did I say, that's not what, I didn't perform. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I, I tried to help him, but God, he was, he was so cold and that thing, it did not slink away. It was, it was hovering over him, feeding on him. And when I tried to get close, it turned to me and I could, I could feel the cold, 
seeping into my bones again and... Fuck, come on, come on, buddy, get up. It's time to go, time to go. Jesus Christ, help, help, somebody, somebody help. Please, please, this isn't part of the play. What is wrong with you? Move, do something. Shit, shit, what do I do? The, the comm set. Janet, Janet, are you there? You, you have to help us. He Hello? I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I need, I need help. Hello? Fuck! Okay, okay. How do you, how do you kill a sentient shadow? Like, what the fuck? It's sort of... Okay, first, first thought, best thought, right? Okay, lights. I need, I need lights. How can I... The flashlights. Where is everyone? There are the flashlights. Come on, you stupid thing. Turn on. Oh, yes! Oh, come on, please do something. Yes, it's working, okay. Oh, what's wrong, buddy? Don't like the light in your face? Yeah, yeah, you keep moving. You stay away from him. Oh, thank fuck you're alive. Okay, okay, come with me. Jesus Christ, you're cold. Come on. No, 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 turn on, you stupid thing. Shit, shit, shit. Who, who turned off all the lights? Oh, fuck, where did it? How did, how did I get here? Is, is that guy, that guy, is he, is he alive? Oh, God, what's going on? Ow, what, what? No, 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 no. Shall we reset? No, no, that won't be necessary. We've got what we needed. We're done for today. Oh, and make a note to pull the batteries from those flashlights. And maybe even a few bulbs from the lights in the theater before launch. Better safe than sorry, as they say. End of experiment log. Test subject 00472X. This episode of Solve for X was written and directed by Lee Fennell. Voice performances by Lee Fennell, Brendan Armstrong, Patricia Chai, and Evan Fennell. For more information, find us on Instagram at Solve for X Podcast. Thanks for listening.